Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm super excited today for another episode of the Team Building Podcast with Jeff Cohn, where we interview top real estate agents, brokers, and team leaders from across the country. We have a very special guest today, Mr. Jim Cady with us. I'm going to allow him to do his own introduction. He's doing a lot of really great things, a lot of parallels we talked off air doing a lot of the similar things that we're doing on our team. So we're going to have some really good back and forth banter today. If you want to learn more about systems, accountability, um, tracking numbers, KPIs, key performance indicators, ROI, return on investment, we're going to dive deep into all of that. So this should be a really good one. Hold tight and get ready for some fun today. Mr. Jim, how are you doing today, man? Hey, what's up, y'all? And Jeff, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, definitely. Well, tell us, brag about yourself, man. I give you a permission. Yeah. I take Rock Thomas's advice and say, never apologize for being awesome. Tell our listeners why they should listen to you today, Jim. What'd you do in the last 12 months? What's your team look like? Share some, some of your successes with us. Well, I'm not sure y'all should be listening to me, but uh, I will tell you a little bit about myself. I am in Lafayette, Louisiana. And Jeff, am I the first guy you've, you've interviewed from Louisiana? Um, you may be. Yeah. I don't always even know where people are from when we interview, yeah. man. But I'll <laughs> well, have to look into it and see it. You might be. So I'm Cajun country. So I know I'm the only Cajun you talk to. So we're in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, we got, a, you know, about 200,000 people. Our average price is around 220. Um, we sold just, just above 600, 600 transactions last year. Wow. We do have, we do have some uh, commercial in there. So it's not all residential. And, uh, and it was just about 130 million total. Uh, that's commercial and residential. I think Jim's punking me right now because he pretty much just shared exactly my team's numbers in Omaha. Yeah. Average sales price 220, yeah. 620 units, 125 yeah. million in volume. That's hilarious. How many people on your team? So we have about 45. Okay. 45 agents, and uh, but we do have something a little bit different. We have I call it three different pathways. We've got what we call. Uh, base salaried agents, which we have agents on salary with mm -hmm. a small bonus. Um, and that's something that we've been working with for a few years and expanding currently. Yep. And I'm, hearing, have, I'm hearing more and more about that strategy. So we will talk more about that in depth today. Yeah, it's, it's really else? cool. Then we have uh, what we call our company generate leads team, CGL. And uh, those agents are, are, uh, are, are living off of our leads. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what happens is our leads turn into a uh, sphere of influence for them. Mm -hmm. And then so once they start making over $100,000 with their sphere of influence, we move to what we call the SGL team. And so SGL team really means, I mean, all of them have- This is the third thing, right? You have yeah, salary, so you, you got an internet team, and then you have SGL, which is where right. they're going to now start to migrate over to working their sphere primarily. That's correct. And th they all get the same tools. Everything's the same. The only difference is they don't have to come to huddle. They don't have to come to training. They don't have to come mm -hmm. to role playing, but they're invited and they're encouraged to come when they can. They, uh, a lot of the SGLs 
um, you know, provide a lot of uh, education and whatnot. And it gives it gives the CGLs like, hey, there is a an end game. I'm not going to be chasing leads and calling a thousand people a, a month uh, for the next ten years. Dude, I love it. You give yeah. the vision. So, you're the leader. I always like to say leaders serve their followers and the best leaders give their followers the ability to be just like them. And so our team is very similar. Um, I had not thought of the mindset of just simply saying, hey, if you're a salary guy or gal and or if you're part of our internet lead team, you have to come to the trainings, you have to come to the meetings, et cetera. Once you've graduated out of that by earning it based on sales, which is for your benchmark, it's $100,000 net income. And then they can elect to choose to be out of the sale, the lead team or internet lead team, be on more of the sphere, work in just their sphere. And they don't have to come. Of course, they're encouraged to come. But maybe more from a thought standpoint, you're asking them for their information, their knowledge, and to help you train the other agents when they do come. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, uh, it, it just, well, I got to a point where, you know, uh, some of these agents, they don't need to come to training. They don't need to come to role playing because they, they're going on you know, 15 appointments a month. And, right. uh, you know, they, they, when they get to that point, it usually takes about three, three years to get to that point if they're working it hard. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it just starts to follow every, every company generated deal turns into a sphere, you know, a friend or a sphere and that turns into referrals. And so they start building their own. Yep. They still use our, our CRM. I know you and I use the same CRM in Boomtown, which I think is the best CRM out there. And I've tried majority of them yep and uh you know i've run them side by side i've tested it out i've been doing it for some time so i was a i've been able to see the progress and also some of the mistakes that i've made along the way you know and yep. and i try not to repeat that yep. and and like you said like create leaders not just try to keep my agents down and uh you know just feeding off of what i'm providing because actually you know and you'll agree with this i mean uh, a, a sphere deal from one of your agents didn't cost you a thing. So the, the return on investment on that is really, is really where you want to try to get to everybody to, to that, to that. Yeah. Well, Jim, we have enough right here just to dive deep. I love it. This is really great. I have yet to talk to someone that has it set up this way, internet team, sphere team, and then you've got people on a salary. Um, I just came back from a mastermind with the multipliers group. Um, it's a, a group of gentlemen that are entrepreneurs that seek to multiply their life in all different aspects. Um, a lot of them are real estate investors. And there was an agent there I learned a lot from uh, who is also just split testing this salary mindset. I think it kind of comes from the Redfin philosophy of paying agent salaries rather than commissions than having like a bonus on the other side. So let's start off with that strategy. So first and foremost, why would you ever give a realtor a salary and how do you hold them accountable? Are they employees at that point? And what are the expectations of that role? And when does that person graduate out of the salary position and go into like your internet lead team or to the sphere team? Yeah, well, so I really love the salary uh, model and I, I, we're going to be expanding it. So, the you know, if you run a team and if you're working with uh, agents, you, you know that the, the hardest thing is just to get them to do what they're supposed to do. I mean, you can have training, you can have role playing, you do it all. But if they don't get on the phone and talk to people and set appointments, they're not going to make money. And life gets in the way. And I think that's probably the biggest downfall in our industry is, you know, we're independent contractors and they don't have to show up. And, and you know, um, I think Tom Ferry said this the other day, you know, uh, uh, Tony Robbins built his whole career based on we're more motivated by pain than we are 
gaining something, right? Mm. So uh, when you deal with, uh, you know, agents and they're on a, uh, on a commission, you know, that's, they're not as motivated. Oh, well, I didn't work today, so I, I'm just not going to get what I had. But if you were to give them the money and say, hey, look, here's your money. Here's your $100,000. Here's your, you know, we don't, we don't start them off at $100,000, but here's your $50,000 salary. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, we're not going to give you that. Is is in essence how it works. It's so, a job. It's a job, and so yeah. you have to do there. You have to do it. So we create. We know. You know that uh, the more people you talk to, the more uh, opportunities you have, and the more appointments, and the more closings. So we focus strictly on lead indicators. We don't care about closings. Uh, obviously, that's our ultimate goal. That's the lag indicator, but we focus on what we can change every single day, mm. and that's calls, spoke tos, and appointments. So uh, for my salaried agents, uh, we set that up. I know what the conversion is. You know, over the few last few years, we really dialed in. I know that, you know, we know that uh, your spoke to rate is going to be about 25%. Right. Okay. So every hundred people four. you call, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna talk to about 25 people. I'm gonna rebut everyone you share here to give the same numbers that we're experiencing, just because I think we. Yeah. Get what are you guys? Numbers. We're one out of five. One so out of twenty percent yeah. spoke to ratio. Yeah. So five people, one answers. Okay. That's correct. Out of so, out of one out of four, how many of those are going on the appointment? So about five percent spoke to the appointment. We're getting ten percent on that. One out of ten. Going on That's the appointment. Really so you guys let's, are killing let's, it on the well, let's discuss what that appointment is. So um, I think this is a huge point, you guys. And anyone listening, I've never talked about this before. Um, we do this in our agent training, which is part of our Elite Real Estate Systems coaching product. I talked about to my agents oftentimes, Jim, and I'd love your mindset on this, about what their goals should be. When you make a call, the goals that someone answers. You want that someone to be the decision maker. When that decision maker answers, realtors think, let's figure out if that decision maker is ready to buy or sell. We teach our agents, train our agents, and hold them accountable to going on appointments with anyone that's a decision maker, independent of how long they're going to be, until they're going to be buying or selling, and simply share with them a buyer presentation if they're a prospective buyer, and a seller presentation if they're a prospective seller, and to look at that lead opportunity as someone that could possibly refer business back to the agent, not as somebody that's going to be a commission check in the next three months. And that's where I think a lot of agents go wrong. They look at those lead opportunities as money now, when they should look at it as future referral potential, which will be money forever. What's your mindset around that? Well, I mean, basically what we do is we find out their timing and motivation. We try to set for the appointment and then we do qualifying, like, you know, uh, whether or not they're, they're going to be approved for a house, but yeah, LP you know, mama. Our, our agents are going on uh, appointments for, you know, if you're thinking about listing, then we go on the appointment. Uh, so, you know, that could be, uh, it could be a, uh, you know, come list me lead. It could be a, uh, what's my home worth lead. Yeah. It could so be. Yeah, I was just wondering what my house was worth, but I'm probably not selling for two or three years. Are you going to go yeah, on Yeah, we don't go on those appointments. So we go on those because we build the relationship, the rapport, yeah. and they inevitably have someone else they know right now ready to list. I love uh, that. So how do you guys, how do, how, how do you handle that? Like, how do you get in the door when they're not ready even to list? No, I do. So just now they said, you know, I want to know what my house is worth. You know what? No problem. I can run some numbers online, but it's best if I walk the property. I know you're not selling for a couple of years and that's totally fine. It'll take me 30 yeah. minutes of my time. Would love to hand you the CRM that, or a CMA that I create for you. And then just put, you know, look at your eyes and shake your hand and put a face with a name. It's no problem for me. Everyone's like, okay, you know, I'm just dropping off yeah. some paperwork. And if they say, just email it, I'll say, you know, I'd rather just drop it off and walk the property really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. So, 
we're probably not taking advantage of all the uh, all the leads that we have in that in that aspect. Uh, we're, if, we're going on twice the appointments as you guys. We're getting the yeah. same results. We sold the same amount of houses last year. So I'm right. not saying necessarily my my strategy is better. Yeah, but, but if you if you if your agent doesn't have any freaking appointments that week, there you go. Appointments is that's better than it. No appointments. I'd rather go, go on ten bad appointments than zero. There you go. That's my mindset too. So as the agents become more mature and they recognize how should they spend their time, but if they've got nothing else going on, go on the appointment, meet some people, add them to your sphere, that's right. and that's the other big piece of it. Now we're putting them into Boomtown. We've got a 10-year drip. They go to archive if they say they're more than a year out. They get dripped every quarter for 10 years. They get postcards. They get our, C, our uh, virtual assistant's going to be following up on them. Right. When that person sells, they're now going to be selling with us. Right. You know? All right, keep the numbers going. So, so anyway, so, so then we go to 5%, uh, 5% of the people we talk to on average set up an appointment. Yep. And, uh, you know, newer agents, that usually starts off at about 2%. And then as they make more phone calls, and get more experience, it can go all the way up to eight to eight percent mile sure. off, usually yeah. at the top. And then, uh, and then we we close about forty percent of the appointments we go on. Um, yeah. And so they're either whether it's a buyer or sell, on average about forty. Now, you know, I started to realize this because I was using those averages for my new agent's business plans, and it wasn't working out mm -hmm. because you know, obviously, the first twelve months, if you're underneath twenty four months in the business your appointment to close ratio is going to start off at zero. Then it goes to five, then 10, then 20. And then when you get to 24 months, you should be around 30%. After 24 months, you should be 40. And then, you know, three years or more, you could be at 60 or 70%. 100% maybe, Jim. Yeah. You or I go on an appointment, 100%. Right. <laughs> but right. I totally agree. I think this is a great point that, that Jim brings up. And this is one of the reasons, you guys, for everyone listening, like, track each individual agent's numbers and you'll be able to empower yourself as the team lead and the coach or trainer of your organization to know in what areas you need to help each agent. One might be better at getting people on the line while another's better at closing for the appointment while another's better at closing for the exclusive agency or listing. And I think Jim right. is dead on. Don't expect the person that just started to get the same conversion and results as the person that's been in the business for five years. That's right. And so going back to uh, a salaried agent, you know, you've got to take all that into consideration. And so uh, right now, my model and, you know, I reserve the right to change this, but, you know, I, I, I lock them in for two years with a another two year option where the salary is going to eat that increases, but uh, the commission stays the same. So if you uh, say lock them in like they can't go to any other real estate company. Yeah, I'm if they do were a, choosing to quit, non-compete and a contract where wow. they can't and they can't go because what what will happen is once they start being successful, they want to jump off the exactly. salary and go to commission. Of course, right. And so I just tell them straight up, hey, look, I'm taking a risk. I got to have at least two years out of you, and then we can discuss it you later. Can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But here, here's the deal, you know, like if I look back in the last five years you know, some of the best agents that, you know, came, you know, we produced in the last five years, almost every single one of them would have agreed to a $30,000 salary for two to four years sure. with a small commission from the start. And then, yep. you know, the, the, the return on investments a lot more. There are some other expenses that, you know, you don't realize how much it costs for when you're going on, you know, uh, at 10 of 120 appointments, you know, because that's their goal. You have to go on 10 appointments a month or you're not going to get your full salary. Right. And, and that's just the way it goes. And awesome. we so have to set up a little bit different so it's legal, so it's 
you know, bonuses and, you know, it's not, we can't withhold salaries, but it is, it's set up a little bit different, but in essence, you know, they're going to start off with like a $28,000, $30,000 salary. And then if you don't hit 10 appointments, let's say you hit eight appointments, then we look at your, your, your uh, spoke tos, right? And if you hit your spoke to goal, you get paid your full salary. Love it. Yeah, you can just do a bonus per appointment with a 10 appointment cap. 50 bucks an appointment, however you want to structure it. Here's one of my ideas, and I'm actually going to beta test this this year. So for anyone listening that's in around the Omaha area that wants to be our first little sample guinea pig on this whole salary idea, hit me up, jeff at omahaselite.com. And if you're anywhere nationally and want to move to Omaha to try it out, hit me up, jeff at omahaselite.com. All right, so I don't like, I don't want to lock them in for two years. My solution to that would be to simply have a cap that I have to earn off of them, which I think should be double what I took my risk in. So let's say it's 50 grand salary plus bonus. Once they've made me a hundred thousand dollars net in, in month six or month 24, doesn't matter. It then empowers them the ability to leave, to become a, an internet agent or a sphere agent. You could right. build something in like that. So, cause like it would piss me off. I killed it my first year. So if I, if I was like, I didn't know I was going to kill it, I'm getting paid my 30 grand and my little bonus. And then I was like, holy shit, if I went next door to KW or whatever and could keep all my commission and make $257,000, that'd be real tough to stay with you. Have you considered something like that? Uh, no, and, and I have a non-compete. So, you know, right. I get them to sign non-compete. Exactly. You know, they, so they, I haven't had that issue because okay. here's the deal though, you know, you're not the target. You're not my target yeah, office exactly. for the salaried agents. Right. You know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going for this. When I talk to an agent they say, Jim, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. The salary position is not going to be their position. Okay. I'll say, Hey, I can guarantee you $50,000 okay. by doing X, Y, Z, which is the exact same thing you would do as a salary. The only right. difference is a salaried agent has to, do it or they don't get paid. Right. And then, you know, you know, even yep. the top producers are, 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 you know, agents that are going to kill it. They say they want a hundred thousand, but they don't do the work to make a hundred thousand. Yep. And when you look at it, it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, I can guarantee you, uh, you know, at least $50,000. I will. And I tell them I'll pay you. Uh, if you make 40, I'll pay you 10,000 after the, after the first 12 months. Cause I know this works. But right. if you don't hit these, if you don't call enough people, if you don't talk to enough people, you don't set up enough appointments, I'm not paying you. You got it. So, but most people, when they start, like people like, uh, you know, high performers, they want to make $100,000. They're not going to go for a $30,000 salary. Yep. But agents, what's great about the salary uh, position, what I really like about it is, you know, we don't hire anybody that is uh, part-time, right? Yes. So that limits a lot of really good people because these people are part-time. They might be single moms. They might, you know, just not have enough money. They can't wait four months to start getting paid. Right. Right. So you open up your pool by offering, Hey, look, you're getting paid 25,000 as a teacher or $30,000 as as a bartender or whatever it is. You would be a really great agent. And, you know, we have a base salary program which is about 28 to 30,000. And you can make up to $50,000 by following our right. system, but so you're guaranteed. So you, you open up your let, pool. Of- let's spend about five more minutes on this topic because I think it's interesting and we've never talked on it. Let me ask you some specific questions with just single one word answers so I can get through all the questions that I know the audience is yeah. thinking. Got it. Okay. First, they have to be full-time. Yes. How do you define full-time? How many hours is that a week? 
we, we don't define it by hours. It's defined by the lead indicators. I don't awesome. care if they work so, an hour. But so if watch this. Going, I love that you know your numbers. How many calls do they have to make to get one executed contract? Well, to get one executed contract, you've got to, let's see. So I, I don't know the, the exact number for that. I know 25% of our calls turn into uh, spoke to's. 5% of our spoke to's turn into appointments. And, you know, on average, 40% of our appointments turn into closing. So for us, it's a 150. If we ran the math quick, it's probably around 100. So yeah. your expectation is that they do how many executed a month? 10, 10 appointments, or they have to do a uh, 1,000 calls a week. Okay. And, and that's 250 spoke to's a week. Okay. And how many executed do you expect that they'll have a month by doing that? Uh, four, four closings a month. Four closings a month. Okay. Four closings so, a month. Perfect. And out of an executed contract, how, what percentage are you keeping and how are you bonusing them with the, with the houses that they sell? So I do 90% uh, to the house, 10% to the agent. And then, you know, once they hit, uh, once they sell 3 million in volume, which ends up being around 84,000 in, mm. then uh, they go, they, they get 15%. All right, cool. I think that seems really fair. Okay. After two years, after two years, it's going to go to, uh, we'll increase the salary based on the volume and try to keep them on a salary position by increasing the salary and, uh, but keeping the, the uh, 15% okay. commission. So what happens when month one, month two, month three goes by, they're going on all the appointments, they're making all the calls, but they're not closing the deals? I don't care. I know what's coming. If they're going okay. on appointments, they're gonna they're gonna start they're gonna start closing some deals. Okay. How do you know they're going on the appointments? Oh well, they, we track them. We have a well, we have a lead coordinator, and she's keeping track of everything that the uh, the, the agents, all the agents, are doing. So okay. we know exactly because we use like I told you earlier, we use CTE yep. to track everything, and you know, so you gotta have some trust too. You can't have somebody who's gonna lie to you. Well, and if they're doing it, they're going to get the results because you know the numbers. Yeah, that's, that's how it. we know when our agents are lying. They're, yeah. they're making thousands of calls and not going on appointments. Something's that's right. Not that's jiving. Right. Or they're going on all these appointments and not getting contracts. Something's not jiving. That's right. All right. No, so but you'll see. I mean, dude, you go on 10 appointments and here's what happens. Uh, you set these parameters or the lead indicators where they got 1,000 calls a week, right? Well, guess what? After three months of doing that, they don't have to call nearly, they, they yeah. only have to call a third of what they have to call because yeah. they have so much in the pipeline and things coming and they get so freaking busy. Yeah. The hard part is, you know, the, the, the biggest risk, Jeff, is the, the agent themselves, their lives. You know, are they going to, you know, I mean, people get pregnant, people uh, uh, get married and move yeah. away. People, the risk you know, is that you've now invested 50 G's, didn't get the return out of them. And now they have life, the, life really happens. The, that's the only risk is yeah. life. You know, life happens and it happens to everybody. So you really got to be, you got to, you got to choose the right person and you got to know like what's going on in their lives. Does the non-compete hold up? Did you hire an attorney to draft that? I hired an attorney, but I, I, I haven't had to uh, put Go it into action, but you know, he, he thinks that he thinks it'll hold up pretty well. I mean, they'll have to I mean, spend they some agreed. money to fight it. They agreed. So Cool. Well, I think that's enough on the salary position. I think that's awesome. Um, it's a neat hybrid option. Uh, I liked the idea of using it to help recruit brand new agents that are strong salespeople, but I don't expect them to be strong in their first 24 months. Your similar mindset. 
and be able to say to them, hey, I'll bring you in at a base into my market. I think I could do 24 grand and then give them a nice little bonus per deal. Maybe a flat fee, but I like the percentage that makes probably more sense. So I think that's awesome that you're doing it. How many agents, if you don't mind sharing with our audience, do you have on that salary program? So this is my third agent. And okay. uh, I, I, one of them got married and moved away. Life happened. It, it paid off. It was two years. And then, uh, and then I, that was my first one. And then I stopped. Uh, we we kind of had in Lafayette, you know, we're very oil industry mm -hmm. uh, and we had a, a big crash. And so I got away from it and I came back to it recently, uh, about a year ago. And, uh, and then I've, I've hired two more agents. If, if someone's listening and thinks about implementing the strategy, when do you think the best time is to bring that agent on? I think like right now, uh, the sooner the better, you know. Uh, what about in, time of year? year? I mean, yeah, the sooner the better. Oh, yeah, so about this time. So right before yeah. the summer hits, the hot market. Or, or right in the, at the end of the winter. You that's know? kind of what I was thinking too, right? Like maybe right around Christmas time. It takes me. Christmas. It takes me about a month to train them. So I don't count that month. So I train them and then after a month and, and it's pretty intense training with yep. just me. So yep. I make sure I'm one-on-one, -on -one. whether I have one agent or five agents, it doesn't matter. As soon as they join Gator Real Estate, I spend, you know, the next 15 days with them, you know, yep. uh, at least half of my days. Last question on this topic and then we'll move on to the sphere option and the internet option. Um, last question regarding salaried positions. Who are they calling? Run us through that list real fast. So number one is I, I asked them to put together all of their sphere of influence. You know, we're from, we're Cajuns in Lafayette, Louisiana. So we have a pretty big sphere, real close knit families. And, uh, you know, we know a lot of people pretty much that's everybody here in Lafayette. So we start with them and then we have about 60, 70,000 leads in our boom town. So, you know, when they start, uh, you know, every agent, whether they're salary or CGLs, they start with a thousand, a thousand a week. They just, we just put them on, start calling any of the leads in our system. Yep. Well, and we have like a lead bucket you let anyone dive into. Yeah, we have so a pool. Agents yeah. don't own that lead forever when they're given a lead and they're part of the internet lead team. Does that lead stay with them forever or only in the all active category and the archives are open to everybody? So we do it a little bit different. So we use, uh, so new is a new, qualifies a qualify. Uh, hots are, somebody is going to buy, not just in three months, but maybe in the next six months. And then nurtures are anybody that's going to buy or sell in the next two years. Okay. Then we have archive, which is where, you know, if they don't, if it's something that they have and they have a conversation and the people aren't going to be buying anytime soon, they put it in archive. We have a lead coordinator cleans out that archive and puts it back in the pool. Mm -hmm. uh, trash is trash. And, but watch is in, they can have as many watches as they want because watches usually, uh, usually sphere of influence or anybody that they know that are not buying right now, but would use them if they did buy. Okay. Interesting. I've never heard of using watches like the sphere category. That's interesting. Well, we just, we just have to do it that way because we clean out our archives because we want to keep their leads down. And I, I used to not do it that way. We yeah. I had agents though at sometimes had 6,000 that, leads. That's how we're doing it. Yeah. And our conversion leads forever. Our conversion tank. So we just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was part of, I was involved with the NAEA mastermind, Jake Kinder, Mike Reese, yep. Yep. and Brian Moses, who I got to give a lot of credit to uh, that whole group. But Brian specifically, he really uh, 
helped us kind of decide like, okay, what's most important? How are we going to, uh, cool. you know, convert at a higher level? And he would be pretty upset at me with the 5% spoke to the appointment because he, he also says we should be at 10. Oh, good. He, he and I align on that. I think it's what you're asking for on that appointment. So that's just a mindset shift. Um, and I think we did a good job kind of analyzing that whole thing for our audience members to think about. Okay, so real quick before we jump into your internet team, and we've got about another 10 or 15 minutes, Jim, I appreciate your time on this call so far. Yeah, man. Um, I want to remind the audience, we've got some awesome upcoming events. Um, if you are part of Boomtown and you're going to Unite, <clears throat> we have our first ever um, ERS Mastermind Sunday um, we have sun actually, sorry, we, it's going to be Monday night, um, is a mixer and then Sunday night is the mastermind. So if you, there's more information on the website with dates, times, locations, all that fun stuff. Um, if you just go out to elite real estate click on events. And then also if you're part of Berkshire Hathaway and, or are going to be in Vegas, March 10th, we're also hosting a ERS mastermind there. That is on Sunday night as well. Um, it should be, should be a really great event. It's gonna be four hours of talking on the same things that we're talking on now, lead gen, lead conversion, accountability, culture, et cetera. But the event I'm most excited about that we have coming up is one of our team building workshops in Omaha in May. And Jim, I'd like to extend an invite for you to attend for free uh, for coming on as a podcast guest if it does work for you. So what that event looks like is it's in conjunction with the annual Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting where we're going to have Warren, we are not going to have, Berkshire's going to have Warren Buffett speak uh, Bill Gates always attends the event. Charlie Munger and all of the other CEOs and executives are in attendance. It's a pretty amazing event. And that's on Saturday, May 4th. The day before, May 3rd, I'm hosting an all-day team building workshop. So for $14.97 a person, you get a full-day workshop in my office. You get dinner afterwards Friday evening in Omaha with me and my management team, my leadership team. Saturday morning, we have a VIP limo bus that picks us up at 6 a.m. We get awesome seating, so we're really close to the stage so we can watch Warren speak in the morning. Um, Berkshire does a really cool little commercial, and then they have a big auditorium with all of the different businesses they own, have booths, and booths, not booze, maybe some will, and have um, different products that they sell at cost for everyone in attendance. So net total, you get two days, tons of information. You get to see Warren Buffett speak, which he's like 95, 96 years old. He doesn't have a lot more years left on this earth. And I think that's a pretty unique experience. So anyone thinking about jumping on and signing up, we're limiting it to 30. We already have 15 people that have signed up. Just go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events, and all of our Eventbrite events that are coming up will be there. And that one's the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services annual uh, event and workshop. So just wanted to make sure I mentioned that for all of the listeners. Right on. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, dude, for sure. So let's jump back into internet lead team. So I think this is really interesting because, and I'm curious how you guys handle this. Our team gives anyone the ability to work internet leads. Um, of course, our um, brand new agents, our sub agents, our team leads, everyone can work them if they want to work them. We don't just have a specific group assigned to working those internet leads. And sometimes my agents that just work their sphere, when their business slows down, they'll ask, hey, can I have a lead day? And we just do a 24-hour rotation. So you, you have a specific internet team and you tell the audience members, can they work their sphere or do they have to just work the leads that you're giving them? And how does that work? We, we absolutely want them working their sphere. Okay. You know? uh, so we, here's how we're set up. I'll try to keep this short, but you know, I, and, and by the way, I've tried lots of different methods. So this is just the method we, I even had an inside sales team, yep. you know, and I found that our conversion actually went down with inside sales agents making the calls because the agents stopped making calls. Well, you can't make appointments or closings if you're not making calls and 
setting up appointments. And, and the inside sales agents had more invested in the agent going to that appointment than the agent himself. So think about, you know, when you have somebody, majority of the people on the phone are not going to set an appointment, right? So there's, you know, uh, 25% of them don't want, are bad leads. Mm. Another 25% of them wouldn't work with you even if you paid them to work, you know, to, to have you work with them. And then you have the, the rest of 50%. There's only about 5% of those that are probably hot. At least that's what I've experienced. And then there's a group of people who would work with you, but they're just not ready now. Mm -hmm. So when the ISAs are making these calls, uh, we just found that, you know, the agents, you know, they would transfer the agent. If they didn't talk to that agent, the agent didn't have as much invested as in, as when they actually set the appointment. When an agent sets the appointment, it's a totally different experience is what I found. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, uh, if an ISA sets an appointment for you on a Saturday morning at nine and you go to the office and that appointment doesn't show up, you're pissed, you've lost all faith in the mm -hmm. ISA and those appointments and so you don't really care anymore. But if you set that appointment and you show up, it's just another person that didn't show up and you keep going, right? So I had a bad experience with that. Not everybody has that same experience. It's just what I experienced. But I, I, I experienced the same thing. Um, the little switch I would make on that, you guys, if you're out there and you're wanting to implement a VA team or an internal sales team, don't let them set appointments. Let them set follow-up calls. We call those hot leads. They're not, they're not hot enough right. that you're going to set an appointment with them because there was a bunch of no-shows. And the best strategy, and I own a call center in the Philippines, and what we've experienced is having a software where you can hand the call off. So have someone on the team assigned to take the live call now. So when your virtual team or inside sales team does connect with someone, instead of saying, hey, so-and-so is going to call you back, it's, hey, yeah. real quick, I need to transfer you to so-and-so, and they're going to talk to you. That's the best way to do it. I agree. We still use our agents there. We're not using callers either. We're yeah. using our agents to make the calls. So I have a, So what I did was I took my best ISA and I made her a lead coordinator. So we still needed to have that lead coordination. And through that process, this is how we have it set up. So every agent has to, so we broke up our day into three different shifts and on the, on uh, Monday through Friday, and then two shifts on Saturday and Sunday. And what happens is you have to sign up for court time. So if you're on the, uh, if you're a, a CGL company generate leads team, you have to sign up for a minimum of two leads per, uh, you have to sign up for a minimum of two leads per week and one weekend shift per month. So that's a four hour shift on a weekend. You can take more if you want, but you have to, uh, you have to set up at least that, that many. So uh, let me, let's pause and allow me to um, challenge the mindset. Instead of moving, instead of having people in two or three shifts across the, the time frame of a month, why not just give each person one shift for 24 hours? Just, just timing, man. I can't, it's hard to get them to even do two shifts a week you know, uh, and we have, here's what I found is number one, I want them sitting at my office at a computer when that lead comes in. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, just the way it works out, you know, we, we just, we decided, uh, two shifts was enough to fill the whole week while we have 40, you know, 40 plus agents. Yep. So, you know, it, it ended up working out so that we could fill all of the shifts with at least two to three agents. Right. At, at a time. Right. And, you know, we have a lot of agents that have, uh, 
have kids. So you, you have know? two or three agents this at the same time? At the same time. And they're just wrote, then your lead coordinator decides who gets the lead based on maybe their location they work, price point, who's no, available at that we, time, or is it round robin? Yeah, they're on route robin because we're in Lafayette, Louisiana. Like we can get anywhere in 15 minutes. So we're all yeah. experts in our area. Yeah. So it's so not like the way my just so the listeners know and we can differentiate and everyone can choose what way, way works best for them. We for several reasons we said I want one person on lead day every day. And we've got about 30 agents. So there were enough lead days for each agent to have one full lead day. If we had more agents, 60 agents, we just have two on that same lead day. They physically have to be in our office from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So any lead that comes in between 10 and 8, they're physically at the office. But they start taking leads the night before at 8 p.m. And then they'll take leads, of course, till 8 p.m. the day of their shift. So when they get there at 10 a.m., the expectation is they follow up with all the leads that registered from the night before if they haven't already called the night before. And then throughout that day, we have certain expectations for lead conversion. I want you to share yours with us as well. We have certain expectations that they have to implement. The reason I like them on once a month is then for the next two weeks to four weeks, all those leads they got that day, they can treat them all the same way and they're all in the same time frame. Whereas if right. you have them on several shifts throughout a month, they've got three or four different groups of people and I think it starts to become a little bit convoluted. So just a mindset change maybe if, or shift, yeah. people can decide what works best for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of like that. You know, uh, yeah, I don't know if that would work for us here just because we do have a lot of parents and stuff. Yeah. So they have to pick up their kids and whatnot. But uh, it's one day a month. When I, because yeah. I hear that excuse from the agents, they're like, guys, right. one day a month, get a babysitter. It's one right, day a month. Right. Well, so ours are similar. We, they don't get any leads except for when they're on floor time. Mm -hmm. Same thing, each, each agent, so like each floor time, let's say we have a new lead that comes in uh, overnight. The first, the first shift, they uh, divvy up the new leads. The lead coordinator divvies up the new leads, assigns it to whoever's there. There's always inevitably somebody who, can't show up so we try to have at least a minimum of two people but up to three people per shift and uh and then they call the new leads if they don't talk to them if they don't make it if they don't make any conversations then it goes to qualify the next shift the lead coordinator sends all the qualifies to the very next shift and so on and so forth so by the oh, end of the day so the day you're on lead you lead comes in you don't get a hold of them that's not your lead still not if you didn't not if you didn't talk to them wow so if you didn't talk to them it goes to the next group of people so within two days we two to three days we're calling them 15 times or so so are we are you texting and vo leaving voicemails on those initial calls we're usually not leaving voicemails i leave it up to the agents though but because what will happen is we'll transfer them to the qualifies to the next shift well some of those people will actually call after your shift right so they'll they'll call you up so, and so yeah. that, What'll happen is so they just have to reassign it back to them and then they can, they can keep it. Jim, don't hate me after this, but this furthers yeah. my argument as to why one person should get all those leads in the same day. I think they should call three times the first day, send a text, leave a voicemail. It'd be very hard to do that if you knew that if you didn't connect, it's going to go to someone else the next call. It, right. It'd create a little bit of a, ch a challenge there, I think. Whereas on our team for about 24 hours, you have to call three times, set them on a drip, set them on an automatic email update. You call them three times, send the text, leave the voicemail. For the next 13 days, it's call 10 more times, leave a text, send a text, leave a voicemail, make sure the drips are running. But it's all from that agent. Call John Doe, text John Doe. John Doe's trying to reach out to you. I think it'd be challenging as an agent reaching out, only hoping that you connect live because the odds are you're not going to connect live. The odds are they're going to connect a Facebook message and email and they're going to respond to you. So now you have to try to position yourself as the organization 
And I'm not going to take time to leave a voicemail to say, hey, it's an agent at Omaha's Elite. Call Omaha's Elite back. I'm only going to do it if it's self-serving. I'm just speaking right. as an agent thinks. Yeah. The only thing is I don't trust the agents to call the, the lead 18 times. So that's why I know that all of our leads are getting called multiple times because every single shift. Our why, not just, why not just hold the agent accountable to doing that? And if they don't, you take the lead away. Uh, you know, I, one of the things, and I'm surprised you don't have this problem yet, since they're holding onto those leads. Uh, you, I got to the point, Jeff, where when they have so many leads, they don't care about leads. They don't want more leads. They get, they get happy. Yeah, so those, happy. those agents, we don't give more. Leads. So our whole expectation is if they're not following up with our lead conversion strategy, the way we know they need to be following up, we just don't give them more leads and we take those leads away. So if we have a one, we have a one-on-one -on -one every week with every agent, our success manager, Andy does the one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. If he goes in and sees that they didn't call 10 times in the first two weeks, he just automatically pulls the leads away and puts them into our Omaha's elite bucket, which then makes those leads available to anyone. But most of the agents that choose to take leads, 98% work the leads the way we've asked them to work the leads. So when their leads become fat and they no longer need them or they're focusing more on their sphere of influence, they just simply won't take more. So they know by accepting a lead, they're accepting that they're going to call 10 times you know, send two texts, leave two voicemails, set them up on right. drip and go through the whole gambit. Yeah. I, you know, we just had that experience where we, the agents had, were so inundated with leads that they were like, well, I don't want to take floor time anymore. Right. Yeah, too many I got leads. Ton, tons of fucking leads. Yep. So what so a we, problem. Yeah. So we had to, we had to actually, you know, enforce like, Hey, you got to take at least two times. So for me, taking away the leads was not painful enough. Yeah. You know, because they had so many, you know, so that's kind of how we evolved to where we're, to where we're at. Right yep. now. Thank now, you for sharing that. I can tell you, none of my masterminds, nobody else has that same problem. So I don't know. We, we must be pretty uh, you, different here. Your problem is the same problem I have. And this is a good lesson for all the listeners to hear. You don't have enough agents. When too many leads becomes your problem, the problem is you don't have enough agents to work your leads. Even though you have 50 or 45 agents, still not right. enough. And that's our team's problem. We found the point of diminishing returns with lead conversion when it comes to internet leads is around 30 leads a month per agent. If I give my agent 60 leads, they convert one. If I give them 30, they convert one and they do it a lot easier. They don't have to work as much time. They're lower lying fruit. So I need to double my team size and that's what I'm still trying to do. And every time I add four or five more agents, I lose four or five more agents and I'm stuck at about 35 to 40 agents and we're trying to grow. But that, that is what I think is a lot of people's challenge. You, it used to be five years ago, leads was the problem. How do I get more leads? And now it's like, everyone knows how to get leads. Now the question is, how do you convert them? How do you make sure you're giving the right amount to your agents and holding your agents accountable? So let's go to Sphere. Let's end on that. We've got a couple more minutes. Um, and I'd like to hear you speak, if you are open to it, to how you do your commission splits, if it's an internet lead versus a Sphere lead. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty much the same way up until they hit $6 million in volume. Um, and then we, we negotiate. Usually it's, it's around uh, 70%. Now they get 5% extra if it's an in-house transaction. If you go once they, once they hit in house million, to your team or in house to your brokerage, in house to my brokerage. Okay. Do you own the brokerage or do you own a yeah, team? Yeah, I mean the team is a brokerage. Okay, and and no other agents are there. Just that all the team is the brokerage. That's, okay. that's correct. So, so if you have a broker broker deal, you give them extra five percent to have because you have both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what's a what's an internet lead get paid out at? So so the way our commission is structured, we do we start off at uh, 50, 50, mm -hmm. uh across the board and. This is something actually within the last two years that we changed. I used to 
I used to start them off at like 60, 40. And then I, every company generated lead, it was a 25% referral fee. So it ended up being like 45%. But what happened for me was I was having conversations I did not want to have with agents defending where that lead came from when I could see, hey, I know where this came from. They said, oh, well, that was my brother's cousin, you know, whatever. And so I just, I hated to have that conversation. So I changed it because I this think is, it was kind of like a negative to. interesting. All right. You know, it, was kind of, it was kind of like a negative. Uh, oh, well, if I close a company generally, I mean, I would hand out a $10,000 check and they would say, yeah, but it was a company, right? Because they had to pay 25%. So, you know, I still have some, I, I didn't change the people who were on that before. They're mm-hmm. still on a 60, 40 and the 25% commission Off of um, leads. And, and, uh, and then once they once they hit uh 35 into the company then they go up to uh 80 20 so that's how my but they pay 25% referral on any company generated okay Perfect. I, I agree with Jim. You guys, if you're just structuring your commission split right now, make have it be the same split. Internet leads, fairly, it doesn't matter. Let it just be the same split. Then you're never having to dive in and figure out, are you being taken advantage of? Or is the agent right. forgetting where the lead actually came from? Now, obviously, it's not that hard to track that. We track all that in our boomtown. We know where the lead came from. But what inevitably happens is the, they'll say, well, yeah, they registered on the ad or on Facebook or Craigslist or whatever, but it's because they knew I was on the team and their intention was to work with me. They just didn't reach out directly. I mean, there's so many conversations right so and it, just, it just opens up the door for something and it's not like i don't blame them you know i, yeah, yeah. I get it you know so we changed it so now it's uh 50 50 when you start if you're brand new and you're within the first uh first year of your business i start and that's who i really like i like mm-hmm. to recruit first year mm-hmm. agents and then after your second year you automatically go to 55 percent independent then, of your vo- your volume independent of your volume wow. Just amount of time. My team, that's interesting. Fifty-five percent. First time I've ever heard that before. Yeah, so, split just based on loyalty. Yeah, just I like you, that. You're, that's cool. I started off with, and, and the main reason is, I mean, I spend a hell of a lot more time personally with oh, them the first year. Year one. You know, and now if they've been in the business for a year or two, they start at fifty-five. But if they're okay. just coming in the business, I start them at fifty-fifty. They go to fifty-five after their second year. And then they have uh, certain parameters. They can go all the way up to 90, depending on the volume. You know, if they get up to 10 million in volume and whatnot. So do you but know it what starts perc- over every year? Starts over every year at 55. Do you know I, what percentage of your gross commission income goes to agent commissions? 70. Dude, I'm 71. Yeah. So here's the that. deal, guys, for everyone listening. It doesn't matter how you split it up. There's a million ways. Everybody has different ways. But the question just becomes at the end of the day on your profit and loss statement, what amount of the gross commission went to agent commission? And if it's 70-30, your split should just be 70-30. So if I were to do it again, I'd just do 70-30 split. And it just say, hey, across the board, 70-30, I don't care where the lead comes from, just makes things a lot easier. Because like you hear everyone tell, explain their split structures, it's just confusing. Agents never understand them either. So I think that's funny. We're the same. The spot. challenge is like I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I agree with you. The the challenge with that is you start everybody at seventy and they get to high producers. Then you know where you go with that. You know what I'm saying? And then I think you, Keller's you, got it, man. Keller and EXP, you cap them. I hate saying yeah. that, but I feel like that's it. I think you got to have a cap once they've generated X volume or brought yeah. your company X, you know, net they then no longer have to pay in and you just charge a broker fee or something like that. Right. Yeah. Jim, 
You have been awesome. I usually don't go this long. Uh, for those that typically listen to this, you know, I usually cut them up about 25 minutes. I lose the energy, but you've been great. I've loved your mindset. I think we have a lot in common. Our teams are really similar. It's a race to the first to get to a thousand. So if you get there before me, I'll fly there to visit you. If, if it's the, the other way around, you got to come here and visit me. would love to have you here in May if you can make those dates work. Um, how does someone get in touch with you? Someone in your market that wants to join your team or someone nationally that wants to send you a referral? What's the best way to get in touch? Just jimkady.com. Jimkady.com. Spell your last name. K-E-A-T-Y. It's spelled right. Keedy, pronounced Katie. Jim, K-E-A-T-Y. Dot com. Dot com. Well, that's easy enough. Perfect. Jim, you are a great guest to have on the show. Lots of yeah, new ideas for having me, to discuss. Absolutely. It was our pleasure to host you. This is just another episode of the Team Building Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. If you can take a moment and you got a lot of value out of this from Jim, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and give a shout out to Jim Katie for the amazing information he shared with us today. This guy does over 600 unit sales a year. That puts him in the top 50 teams across the entire country. That is very impressive. Um, I don't know if you're all watching and you might be just listening, but he's a young gentleman with a beautiful beard. Jim, how old are you? He's doing this. How old 40. are you? 40 years old. And anyone listening has the ability to do the same, not necessarily grow the beard, but sell <laughs> 600 units or more if it's something you want. So keep on listening to future podcasts. We promise you will continue to be more empowered with the information necessary to build, grow, scale your real estate team. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh,